Welcome back to the Extraordinary Excellence Podcast. We are so freaking excited that you're here. It's going to be an awesome episode. These are some of my best friends, some of our favorite people on the planet. Brandon and Amanda Wood, former collegiate athletes, tremendous international company, financial stewardship, living conservatively. They've built such a tremendous life and a beautiful future for their daughter and their family. And we're just so excited for you to hear from them, learn from them. If you're in the Wisconsin area, if you know them personally, if you have a friend or acquaintance and are hearing this or someone told you about this podcast, I would definitely do everything that you can to touch base with them or connect with them. Obviously, not everyone will be, but I know that our community here and what we do is about connecting people that are looking for resources, guidance, mentorship, leadership. They're looking for opportunities or relationships or resources to further their life. Brandon and Amanda Wood are an excellent couple to do that with. So we are so excited to present this to you. Thank you all for your EOE merch orders. They are going out this week. Orders have been closed, but definitely keep your ear close to the ground for the next edition, Fall Line, coming out probably late September, maybe early, mid-October, but look around because nobody knows, not even us. Here's your episode. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for being part of our team. And, oh, last thing, please, 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 tell your friends, tag us, share. If you get value and you think this is helpful, we are so thankful to provide this. We're so thankful to give all this out for free and take this time and edit it and and buy the equipment and do all the hosting. And I just want to ask you guys, if you are getting value, sharing this, talking about this podcast, ask us for some free stickers, whatever. We'd love to have your support, and we're thankful for your support, even if it's just you listening to this one episode. And we're thankful for you. God bless. Here it is for real. Close after the close after the close. I don't doubt any of your uh, many skill sets. <laughs> well, here we are yeah. at episode number. Anyone? Do we even know what number this don't is going to be? We, I don't episode know. number unknown of <laughs> Extraordinary Excellence Podcast, where becoming excellent involves doing ordinary things extra, approximately. We're actually going to use that quote. We have to get that quote. Sean, uh, it's a Jim Rome. Gin, uh, gin. It's, gin. He's about to have a gin and tonic. Gin and Roan. If we could have a gin and Roan, please. Uh, you guys want to, uh, if you could look up that Jim Roan quote, that'd be awesome about doing excellent, ordinary things, extra. Yeah. You'll it's find literally it. You'll the find name it. of the podcast, pretty much. Yeah. And we can make that the tagline so we can get some consistency here. But we have here unbelievable friends, unbelievable people. I'm going to give you their background because it is pretty illustrious. Amanda. I didn't even know this, but you're a two-sport collegiate athlete, and you competed nationally as a sprinter in college with a 4.0 and two degrees at the same time in business and health and human performance. Obviously, I knew that you retired in your mid-20s and from your multimillion-dollar company that you guys built, and you left your job right before your 26th birthday. You speak to tens of thousands of people, mother to 10-month-old. Of course, I knew that. Um, I know you guys speak on entrepreneurship, value-based living on an annual basis, but... 
that's serious. And then Brandon is also a two-sport collegiate athlete, football and track and field, All-American sprinter in college, master's degree in exercise science, former semi-professional cyclist. What? Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't know you trained elite-level athletes for the NFL, uh, high-level endurance athletes for Ironman. I have to do an Ironman. I put it in a book to get my stuff together. Yeah, I got did. three years left, so I'm going to need some help on that. I think we <laughs> mentioned that once, and then I forgot um, purposefully or you know subconsciously. But you guys are just so impressive. Left corporate America in your mid-20s, early 30s. You have a multi-million dollar company. You're respected leaders in our industry. You're amazing human beings, amazing friends. And we're just so excited to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, we're, we're excited. excited yeah, yeah. And we're excited to be a, a duo here for you guys, too. So you can really- First time? Yeah, the first one. You feed off of both of us. I'm okay with that. So. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. We thought it would be we thought it would be an interesting fun dynamic to try out, you know, because we've been doing individuals, but look yeah. forward to talking to the Wood fam. Yeah. You guys speak together often. All the time. So we're like, this is the couple to try out a couple with because they are at least no matter what's gonna happen, it's gonna be great content and they know how to work together. And if we don't like it after that, we'll go back to singles. But this is a <laughs> dynamic duo, so let's try this one. Yeah. So it's make it or break it right now. <laughs> You guys are going to crush it anyway, yeah. so we're not worried about that part. Yeah, it was. Right, so we took a, a poll. We had several hundred people ask what their number one question they wanted to ask it, it you. It broke a 1,000 this morning. Yeah, and they asked if they said, which is a strange, but they said, if you were any flowering plant, what would you be? That was the number one question they wanted us to ask you. Oh, so okay. We're yeah. going to start with that. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, Amanda's like, are they serious? <laughs> Amanda's favorite Amanda flower is, is, is tulips, so it's, it's a tulip for Amanda for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I think I would be a fruit tree. Fruit tree. <laughs> I mean, I just like to eat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's We're awesome. going to have a lot of fun. But why don't we do um, – why don't we start with – what would you start with? If this was your podcast, what would you start with? Mm, that's a really great question. Um I mean, I know you guys typically start with people's backgrounds and things like that. I think it's important to know where people are coming from. Um, I think really it's more about, you know, values and, and kind of, uh, you know, long-term what people are looking to accomplish in life that people really want to know and, and kind of the strategies that they're using to get there. But I think if you don't understand where somebody's coming from, it's probably less relevant. You need the, the credibility behind the words. You know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah. Sure. So let's do it. I want to give us a quick synopsis here. Sure. Do you want to start? Who are Brandon and Amanda Wood? <laughs> Singular. Go. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Too many people call us Woods. That's not I didn't correct. understand your pain until I had a name that people uh, would put a, 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 a S at the end of. And then I said, no, no, that's very, very different. Mm -hmm. Very, very different. Yeah, it's it's Tiger Woods' fault. He's the one that did it to us. So. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Sparks. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah, it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah um, so uh, we live in just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. I'm from Madison originally, uh, Madison from Milwaukee. Uh, we met in college. Uh, we were both, to Anthony's point, two sport collegiate athletes. We actually met uh, in the ice bath in the athletic training room in college. Uh, that I knew. Yeah. I met you in the ice bath also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just wasn't in college. Not, yeah, not same, in college, yeah. Diff not different the ice same bath. kind of ice bath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a brothel in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> a wild story. <laughs> I woke up naked in a tub of ice. <laughs> That's a scary movie too, if you're uh, looking for the movie quotes. So, oh. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, so we met uh, in an ice bath. Actually, literally, um, Amanda dared me 
five dollars to go under the water and um you know when you're in college you do anything for five bucks and so i did it um she liked it apparently and also i was probably just trying to show off because she was hot and um yeah good move yeah yeah right yeah just show you how adventurous i am i'm gonna go all the way under um yeah so we um we started dating amanda was a freshman in college um i was a junior at the time and uh yeah, the interesting thing about us is, is we've really been teammates for, I mean, ever since we first started dating. Um, we ran track together. Then Amanda was so fast that she actually trained with uh, kind of like the, the lower level guys. I don't know if it's the lower level, but whatever, guys in college. And um, then I went on to, to coach her. I was assistant strength and conditioning coordinator at our university for about a year and a half. Um, so I coached her. Um, and then obviously, you know, we started building a business together after that. Um, but been through a lot of life shifts together, just starting off, you know, in college, um, you know, really being in a lot of debt, struggling to get by, um, building, you know, a business that now has allowed us to create financial independence and, uh, you know, have an amazing daughter. So a lot of different phases of, of life together. And um, I think what's unique about us is initially we thought that we'd really be doing a lot of things with athletics. and. Um, one thing that we learned really early on is, is that when we were pursuing something that we really enjoyed as a way to create income, we started to lose the enjoyment from it. And so mm -hmm. we really kind of rallied against that and got out of that industry pretty quickly after college. And, uh, you know, now we stay active and we work out for fun, but, um, really just haven't had an interest in really diving back into that, that marketplace because we just wanted to keep it something that we were passionate about because we were passionate about it, not because we were trying to make money from it. So, sure. yeah. I want to try and give some background. Yeah. Grew up in Milwaukee. Um, it's kind of had like a wild road even to get to college. Uh, originally was going to run division one track. Um, the NCAA rules were different back then. And I actually got injured right before I started college. And so I wow. lost a scholarship and ended up kind of scrambling to figure out what my next move was going to look like, honestly, mm. um, considered the military, considered, you know, uh, not going to school, wasn't really sure. And so I went from like having school paid for to not. And so that was a really like interesting transition. Um, wanted to go somewhere just where I could play athletics. Academically, I was totally lost. I was really smart, but I was like totally lost what I wanted mm. to do. And so we decided to, or I actually then decided to um, kind of randomly go to school where I met Brandon and um, played basketball and ran track there. And honestly, I only played basketball for a year because I lost really my love for it really quickly mm. um, on. And I just decided that I, I didn't want to do it anymore and decided then to pursue track and I just had a lot of ups and downs through school. I actually went to nationals the next year. I couldn't compete because I had to pay my way through school. So a mm. lot of my collegiate career was just a lot of hustle. Um, mm. And then, you know, I was a little bit of a wild child um, before meeting Brandon, a little bit of a loose cannon. Um, We've heard that. Yeah. We've heard that. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> well, yeah, tell them. Yeah. I, well, I, I liked to party a lot. I liked to do anything that was rebellious um wasn't uncommon for me to go to like basketball practice high or show up randomly drunk <laughs> somewhere 
Um, and, and honestly, what's the craziest story? What's your craziest story? Okay. So I'm going to share it. I got arrested in Vegas and <laughs> nice. yes. Wait, how old are you? How old are you? I was, how did, it was, how did the podcast skyrocket to number one <laughs> right here? Yeah. So this, like a lot of people may or may not know this story, but it was like actually before I started college and I was out there watching um, like a high level basketball tournament. Cause obviously I had a lot of connections. It was Adidas tournament, it? Yeah. It was like an Adidas invite tournament mm -hmm. and I was out there watching it and I like, I was just got crazy. And this guy reached to reached my shoulder to grab me and I turned behind and I threw a punch at him and ended up being an undercover <laughs> cop. So I ended up getting shackled. Ooh. I don't remember a thing because after I got shackled, I projectile vomited on a cop. <laughs> and then the next thing I knew, I it's ended good for up. your case. Yes. The next thing I knew, I ended up in like a, a really cold bathtub getting lectured by my friend's dad. Like oh, no wow. idea what happened in between there. All I know is I didn't get a ticket. Thank God. And that's wild. Embarrassing. You, you didn't. You didn't go to jail for thirty days. <laughs> that's no. why. That is some outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That is some outcome. Yeah. That, that's Amanda. Wow. Okay. She's like never had a speeding ticket. No, I've it's literally like in like three years had thirteen warnings. Yeah. Like who gets thirteen? Did they log the warnings? Because that's that's wonderful. Apparently not. I had like thirteen <laughs> speeding warnings. Yeah. Like who does that? Yeah. That's I just, wild. I've really lucked out in that regard. Mm -hmm. Fortunate not love to have it. a record. Yeah. So. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. So anyway, crazy story, crazy background. So I'm glad we got into it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So then you were, I think that I, I, I segued you off your story. Um, you were, you went to school. Oh, yeah. So you were so, trying to figure yeah, out what you were doing. To, went to school. That's where Brandon and I met. Um, you know, like I mentioned, competed collegiately in the 400, actually as a 400 runner. Um, graduated with degrees in health and human performance and business and then i actually graduated college right before the recession in december 2007 so that was a really really tough time to graduate and that was really a turning point for me because um i put out like 90 resumes coming out of school and like nobody was giving me a chance and i was like there is no way that i am going to live my life like this like yeah. you know, ch trying to chase a job and chase a paycheck. And that was just not something I was excited about. Um, even in my first corporate job, I worked in human resources. I just didn't resonate with it. The politics of it all, uh, mm. the pay discrepancy of it all, um, none of it really resonated with me. So I think my whole life, I, I, I knew I would do something kind of out of the box. I just wasn't sure what exactly that would look like because I never have taken it like a conventional approach to anything. Mm. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. Yeah. Takes us up to, yeah. uh, today. And here we are <laughs> and here we are in your beautiful home Yeah. and running a multi-million dollar company and changing lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've been extremely blessed in, uh, one of the things that me and Amanda always make sure that we, we let people know is that it's not just because like we're amazing people or anything like that. I think that um, we have a, a really great ability to, to remain consistent when we make decisions and steadfast mm -hmm. in the things that we do. But um, we've also had the influence of incredible people in our life. And I like, um, 
uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger actually talks about this in one of his commencement speeches about how he hates being called self-made, that nobody's really self-made and everybody so has true. doors that are open for them. And that's, uh, that's been a, a fact in mine and Amanda's life for sure. We've been willing to walk through them and we've been able to, we've been willing to put in a lot of hard work, but we've also had a lot of people that have guided us and helped us and um, really um, walked us through the right decisions as well. So um, yeah, so we feel very fortunate, very blessed and uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's a fun journey. And this is, we feel like we're just getting started, man. This is just the beginning. So. Yeah. I feel sure. like we've always just kind of like been cutting edge, like what's the next move, next move. Like that's how Brandon mm -hmm. and I've always operated things. I think we always talk about like being grateful, but never satisfied. And we've always lived our life like that. Like we always feel that we have something to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people can kind of get egotistical in their journey. And we've just like never been that way. We've always been like very, like, very like childish faith and, and just always looking to learn something new and um, looking for the next journey, the next adventure. And I think that's always, um, it's always kept us in a, in a realm where we never got like big headed on things at all. And we always um, were well, well respected by people because we never thought that we were better than somebody else or knew more than someone else because we've had a, like Brandon said, a lot of doors open for us. And statistically where I came from to, a, you know, where we are now, that just wouldn't have been the case, you know? Mm -hmm. So for sure. Yeah. That'd be a good thing to speak, speaking from where you came from and speaking about people's belief or lack of belief of being able to change. I think that's such a huge theme in people's self-image and thinking that they're not worthy or they can't or because there's so many different labels of limitation you can put. There's an infinite number of things, mm -hmm. you, reasons why you can say you can't or you shouldn't or you, you're not able to. If you could speak to people that are in a spot where they want to do something great, they want to do something different, then they come from a place that that's not common. I think that would be really helpful. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the biggest battle over the last, I would say, 13 years now has re really been the battle of myself. I even had this issue in athletics, like I, I would um, hype myself up and then defeat myself even before the race began. And I think um, a lot of it was just what you said, just like not feeling worthy enough or having like self-image issues that I've had to work through. But I, but I, I believe that if you have the right intention and if you have just um, like undying faith and you just know you're designed for greatness, like I feel like you can do anything. And I think so many people just constantly like self-defeat them, themselves. And uh, also they don't take the time to actually work through those things because they tend to think yeah. like, I'm the only person that has these issues. And that's so untrue. Like every yeah. single successful person I've ever met. And it, I've met some incredible athletes, right? I've met some incredible entrepreneurs. I've, I've met some really great people over the years and everybody's had to overcome the self. They've had to work yeah. on it. Um, you know, I think that there's always this stigma, like seeing, like seeing a counselor or a therapist, like is a bad thing. And I think it's so necessary to, to have people in your life that can see peripherally 
how you can improve because if it wasn't for those people in our life that we allowed to kind of see directionally that we couldn't, we would never be where we're at today. And it's been a journey. It's been a, a very, very long journey of working on the self. But I think if people aren't willing to like face what it is that they need to work on, unfortunately, it's very easy to get caught in just what what you think you're not capable of. And um, yeah. Brandon and I were just so intentional about um, things we needed to do to just keep working on ourselves and becoming a better version of yourself every day. And I'll be, I tell people all the time, like, I'm so human. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm, I'm not perfect in any regard. Um, not the perfect parent, you know, not the perfect spouse, but I've at least like worked on improving on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's where people get caught up a lot. It's so easy to just sit back in your comfort zone and be like, oh, I'm not good enough. And, you know, I can't do this instead of just like working through whatever you need to work through um, and allowing people in your, in your life to help you work through those things to actually accomplish what you want to accomplish. Because, for most of us, we're, we're our biggest limited, you know, limiting factor, honestly. No doubt. So, yeah, no I, doubt. I think the fact that you're listening to this podcast automatically uh, should tell you that you have what you need to succeed because you just have, you have abilities mm-hmm. that other people in other countries don't have. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that everybody has to be attuned to and be aware of is that there's people in the world that succeed that have uh, way more restrictions and way more challenges than pretty much anybody that's ever going to listen to this podcast, you know? So um, it may look different, you know, the the challenges always look different and they're painted differently based on the person, but there's somebody that's overcome the things that you've overcome in some way, shape or form. I think that that's always been something where um, me and Amanda recognize that, look, if if somebody else has overcome these challenges and they've succeeded in a big way and they've impacted Mm -hmm. people and created a legacy, then, why can't we do the same? So, yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Who do you know to listen to, to when people are offering advice? You know, you talked about accepting advice. That's such an important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you know who to trust who you should listen to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I talk about this all the time um, when we speak, but um, I read in a book like several months back, and I think that this is a, the best way to sort of approach guidance and advice. If you're not willing to trade places, with that person on that particular subject matter, then you shouldn't be listening to them, right? And I think, um, I always say that there's a lot of good intention out there that's packaged a lot of times in like friends and family, but (laughs) you know, and and people, and it's it's difficult sometimes because those individuals love you, um, you know, but they're not always in the spot that you want to be. And this, this was so important in my life because I come from, you know, broken financial situations, uh, broken families, you know, there, there wasn't good examples of, of marriages or taking care of your money or stewarding your money. There wasn't any good examples of that. And so I knew I needed to seek out individuals that were successful in those areas, because if I continued to listen to people that were not, obviously I wasn't going to make any changes. And I think that that's the, the, the biggest thing is do people have results? Sure. Right. Yeah. So. Experience trumps theory 100% of the time. Uh, if yeah. I want to get 
fit if I want to become a better athlete. I'm going to listen to somebody that's already been through that, that's already succeeded in that arena, not somebody that's just watched it on TV and, and maybe even studied it. So the same yeah. principle should apply in every other area of our life. And we just recognize that a lot of people struggle with that emotional attachment piece because mm -hmm. they think somebody loves them and they care about them, that they should automatically listen to them. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. And I remember um, somebody that, that has uh, really impacted us in a big way um, over our years in business, particularly, he asked me one time, he said, you know, he said, Brandon, your mom loves you, right? I said, well, yeah. He goes, well, would you ever take football advice from her? like well no <laughs> that'd actually be really funny yeah, yeah he's like well why not i'm like because she doesn't know anything about football and he's like exactly so why are you listening to people about finances and all these other things in your life if they haven't created the results that you're looking for so so true mm -hmm. so true so often people they they lean on an emotional relationship somebody that they know and that they trust but they, have, they don't have the area of expertise you know no matter how good your intentions are you just can't teach somebody something you don't know mm -hmm. you know yeah Shawnee baby. Nothing. I know you got you riding a lot over there. I got plenty. I got plenty. <laughs> For Brandon Amanda Wood, plenty. Um, defining course correction, defining moments in life. I know that we had, we had, you had mentioned some of those. I think that's always a really important thing. Yeah. So t could you talk about defining moment in life, turning point? Yeah. Uh, there's a few of them and probably a few of them for both of us, yeah. uh, especially since we've been through many different kind of stages in life together. Um, so uh, growing up, my, my parents have multiple divorces between them. I grew up primarily with my mom. My dad was around, but um, primarily with my mom. And mm. um, one of the things that, that happened to me initially before meeting Amanda um, was I went to a smaller school in Iowa, played football and ran track down there, um, got injured, pulled two hamstrings when I was down there, um, mm. and really just kind of had this like, uh, I don't know, this, this weird phase that I went through, I was like, all right, like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, what am I trying to accomplish? Like, what do I, where do, where am I, where do I want to go? And um, decided to take a semester off to transfer back to Wisconsin, um, go to school there. And then, um, you know, in, in going to school, uh, you know, me and Amanda starting our relationship, um, dating for an extended period of time. And then um, I got into cycling when I graduated college. I remember having this feeling when I got done with nationals and I, I'd been running track at a national level since fourth grade. And so I got done, uh, got my All-American, all that when I was a senior in college. And then I remember sitting on the track after that race and thinking to myself, like, what the hell am I gonna do now? Like, this has been like, like part of who I was. And when you're a distance runner, you can go out and run and do marathons and all that sort of stuff. When you're a sprinter, like it's, you don't go like sprinting down the block. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's nothing for you really when you're done, unless you're competing yeah. at a, you know, an Olympic level. So, um, I was really looking for anything to do. My, my dad had picked up cycling as a way to quit smoking, which actually worked for him, which was awesome. And um, I started- That's an interesting trade. Yeah, Well, he, he, he tried his, everything. His thought process was, and he'd been smoking for like 40 years, mm -hmm. but his thought process was, is that if he was on a bike climbing hills all day, he wouldn't want to come home and have a cigarette. So it worked. Fair. Yeah. So uh, I started riding with him and literally it was like two weeks before I entered a race. And then in about a year and a half span, um, I went from category five, which is like most amateur level uh, to category two and ones and twos uh, competed against each other. One is like um, Lance Armstrong, basically. Mm. Um, so I raced against um, some guys that 
rode in the tour. One of the guys got third in the tour that I raced against, like some pretty incredible athletes. But um, it got to this point where I was having to make a decision whether I was going to sign with the team or not. And what was happening is, is I was spending so much time on the bike, like 30 hours a week on the bike that it was creating this giant rift in our relationship and there was a period of time where me and amanda actually split up for like a month or so i don't know, I don't know. yeah so we, we split up for a period of time just because i'm like you know i was kind of in my own world doing that she was finishing up school and um i remember like just being on the bike one day by myself in the middle of nowhere like west of madison and i remember thinking like what the hell am i doing here like mm -hmm. I'm losing the person that I love most of my life because I'm riding a freaking bike. And, yeah. uh, and so what I'm going to sign with the team, I'm going to make 40 grand with no insurance and like ride all over the place. Like this seems yeah. ridiculous, you know, and, mm -hmm. and looking back, it, it's even more ridiculous now that, cause that was the era when everybody was blood doping and everything like that. Like, it, Oh, totally. Like yeah. it would have been, it would have been insane to try to race against them. I mean, I did race against a lot of those guys and they, crushed me um but uh i would have either had to partake in that or you know yeah. just get you know annihilated and yeah. um you know that was a big turning point because i think that that was the point where i was like all right i'm, I'm ready to be done with like kind of these like chasing chasing random things you know to kind of distract myself and it's time to like actually like identify like what i want and commit to the things that i want and um you know, me and Amanda obviously worked things out. Um, and it was shortly after that, actually, that uh, really it was uh, some random happenstance and, and being intentional with networking that we got connected up with people that really started to teach us how to be intelligent with our finances, uh, how to start businesses and uh, put us on the path that we're on today. So I think that when we kind of, you know, when we're going through all these things, we're kind of like lost, you know, you just feel like, what am I doing? What, what do I, what am I supposed to do next? Um, yeah. But it's funny how all those things kind of turn you, you know, in the right direction and, and guide you to where you're supposed to be, I think. So, um, so, yeah. No doubt. I think it's a good choice. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever slept with a bicycle in your bed. It's not really <laughs> as gratifying. Not, no, no, not at all. <laughs> good call, Brandon. <laughs> It was, it was a fun part of my life and it was, it was good. I mean, I, I, I did actually pretty decent, uh, obviously in the time that I did it, it was about a year and a half where I really accelerated pretty quickly and I had some fun with it, but it was also one of those things where it's like, okay, this is good, but this isn't what I'm meant to do. You know, totally. You know, we were talking about this. Uh, if you've ever, have you ever seen the movie free solo at all? I haven't yep. seen that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no. It's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, it's very incredible. Actually it's, it's nerve wracking too. But I remember having this. Kind of this, irritates me. Actually. Yeah, the guy, the guy's a unique personality. Yeah, you just I'll have to check it just out. Just to see how they look at the wall, how he looks at the wall, and like, okay, this is going to be here. This is it. I, I know that once I get to this angle or this part of the face, I need to do this. And yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. the strategy wild. behind it is crazy. It's, yeah, it's wild. There's yeah. one point where he's like 2,000 feet up, and he has a thumb and one toe on the wall. Yeah, it's just like, this yeah. is insane. I, I thought I was gonna vomit like several times throughout that movie. I was yeah. like, I cannot do this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he's climbing things. I I'm trying to see like I'm trying to figure out where are we. I'm like we're two thousand feet up with a wall. I'm like is this person like painting things out of an aircraft. No. Okay, got it now. I'm 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 with everybody. Is it El it's Capitan? Yeah. 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 He's yeah. the first person to solo free solo, so no ropes, anything all the way up it. 
Um, crazy. Yeah, it's, that's wild. It's crazy. His his perspective on life is pretty unique. But um, and <laughs> you know, hopefully this doesn't offend anybody, and if it does, whatever. Um, but uh, me and Amanda had this conversation afterwards that um, it seems weird to be defined in life for climbing rocks. You know what I mean? Like like it just totally. I, fe- I feel like we felt like there was there was so much more that we could do to impact people than to just be, you know like by ourselves climbing a rock, for example, you know, and that's, that's just one example. And I'm not trying to put him down. What he does is amazing. But at the same point in time, uh, I recognize for me, that's kind of what cycling was. It was just like, yeah, I'm on the bike, I'm riding a bike, like, okay, there's gotta be more than this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. You had mentioned, um, I, I think it would be really good just in general, you had talked about having somebody direct you financially. And I know just from our discussions, the, the fiscally conservative decisions you guys have made have put your family in such a strong place because you never lived outside of your means and you made such smart decisions. If you could talk about any fundamentals along those lines, I think that would be infinitely helpful. I don't think we've ever discussed that on the podcast, if I, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have Brandon take the lead on this because I'm not the fi- I'm not the fiscally intelligent <laughs> one. Like he gives me a budget and I spend it, so that's how it works. Nice. But I, I will say this: that um, if you're in a situation of being a a couple and working together and anything in your life, it's so important to be on the same page. Brandon and I like literally talk through every decision that we make. It might sound crazy, but we we know where every dollar goes right it's it's mm-hmm. really even challenging to buy each other like gifts because well we know you know right we're like where did that go you know but i think it's so important that as a couple you're on the same page and you're able to talk through things and i think you know we i before i, I have brandon answer this is just something that like i i think about all the time we have so many situations of people that we um you know, come across or network with or whatever. And couples just are not on the same page. Totally. At all. And it's like, you know, he does her thing. She does, you know, he does his thing. Yeah. He, he does he, his <laughs> thing. She does her thing. And, you know, they, it's very like living two separate lives. And we never lived like that. We always integrated everything that we were doing and just communicated through. And I think so many people really struggle with that. Yeah. And, it's sort of like this idea of if I don't see it, it doesn't exist when it comes to finances. And so, so I think the the most important thing that we did initially was we got really real with where we were actually at financially. Mm-hmm. And then we had, you know, open conversations with people that we knew could help us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was probably yeah. the ground floor most important thing because even even at, when Brandon and I work with um, individuals or couples, just even grassroots looking at finances initially, a lot of people just aren't honest about it. Like they still yep. like hide little things. And it's like, man, those little things are actually making a tremendous impact on your ability yeah. to like project your finances forward. So I just think from like a, a grassroots level, you know, being on the same page, talking through things and being really honest with yourself, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. For having nothing to add, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> she, she does that. She does that. Yeah. 
Yeah, little things is huge. I remember um, Ben Franklin quote, I believe, he talks about how uh, beware of tiny expenses because even the smallest hole can, can sink a mighty ship, right? So true. Um, so uh, some perspective, when me and Amanda graduated school, we had about $80,000 worth of debt um, coming out of school. Uh, we lived in a crappy apartment. We had a roommate. Uh, we were both, um, let's see, well, you had a... HR job that was, you know, pretty minimal yeah. as far as what you made. And we worked multiple jobs a lot of times when we had to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I started out training athletes, um, high endurance athletes, transitioned away from that and just started working retail sales for a period of time. So it's not like we were like crushing it in the, you know, uh, I guess the, the corporate department as far as income goes. But there's a few principles that that we learned to live by that have been very, very critical for us. Um, the first one uh, Anthony mentioned, mentioned is uh, living below your means. So we got really real with where we were at. And as Amanda said, most people don't want to get real with where they're at because they just don't like how it makes them feel. They don't want to log yeah. in and look at the bank account and see all the expenses leaving because it, it just it's, it doesn't feel good, you know. Yeah. So. Number one is, was was getting very intentional about where every dollar was was going and, and living below our means, making sure that we weren't overspending. Uh, we had to you have to you know plug the drain before you can turn on the faucet. So that was the first piece. Uh, the next one was learning to build multiple streams of income. Um, the reality of the situation is is we recognize our family would never be secure if it was solely dependent on our ability to perform to create income for the family, yeah. and. I think, you know, when people look at a job, I think jobs are great. Uh, people tend to think that I don't like jobs or something. I think jobs are great, but I'm also very real with what they are and what they'll provide. And I think the great yep. thing about them is, is that they're liquid. So you work in two weeks later, you get paid. But the issue is, is people confuse predictability with security. And they think that so just because they've gotten, you know, a paycheck the last two weeks or last three years or every two weeks for the last three years, that it's just going to continue that way. And they don't factor in all the things that can remove that from them. And not even the company yeah. itself. You could be on your way to work and get in a car accident and all of a sudden you can't perform anymore and now your totally. family isn't getting taken care of. Mm, totally. So we recognized creating multiple streams was 100% a must for us to not only just get out of debt, but to actually start to secure ourselves long-term. And the, the other thing that, that I find people make the mistake of with this is that when they think of multiple streams, they're only thinking of things like a 401k or an IRA or whatever, which those are great. But the problem is, is they're not going to take care of you right now if something happens. So it's, it's building something in the immediate that you can start to, um, you can start to leverage that will take care of your family if need be. So for us, uh, you know, we started out in that crappy apartment. We, um, let's see, in two years, we paid down all $80,000 worth of debt. Um, during that time frame, we built our first asset and that replaced Amanda's income from her job. Over the course of the next two years, we banked her income. Uh, and that's when she stepped out of her corporate career at 25. Um, a few years later, we um, had replaced my income as well. I, can, I, I remember my last year working, uh, the money that we were making from our assets was three times what my salary was. So I was making three times what my salary was and then ended up stepping out of that with, you know, the right guidance and counsel. Um, and then yeah. from there, it's just, it's just grown and it's accelerated. And that's the beauty of, of building asset-based income in your life. But um, it all starts with first and foremost, getting real with yourself, um, plugging up the drain, 
there was a two year span where we did not eat out at all. Nothing. Uh, we did yeah. even our anniversary, any of that stuff. If it wasn't something that we could write off on our taxes, like, because it was a business purpose, uh, we were not doing it because we knew that every dollar was important and all those little $20 here, $10 there things, um, yeah. make a big difference. Yeah, we looked at like non, non-essential expenses as basically like luxuries, right? And so our thought process was, if we have all of this debt and we owe all of this money, then why are we like, you know, purchasing luxuries or doing things that yeah. are luxuries? And I think that that was a really good thought process for us because it was literally like two, three years of just discipline that has totally changed our ability to live now, you know, and it's yeah. not like we're where we want to be yet for sure, but um, it's definitely allowed us a lot of flexibility because mm-hmm. as you know, you can't put a price tag on raising your own kid. No, you can't. Yep. So, so no, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. So many people, they live, they don't even live on a hundred percent of their income. They live on like 105%, yeah. you know, opposed to, opposed to paying off their debts and just yeah. putting themselves in a strong position. I mean, you even talked about you, you know, I think you had like the first house was like significantly paid off and you guys just put yourself in such a healthy position mm-hmm. for your family. You know, even, even the next step is then having so much money invested and saved that if your asset disappears, you have enough because it's just exactly. preparing for all those things. Um, you wrote recently a blog on thriving, not just surviving during a time of uncertainty, which everyone should check out. We'll make sure that's in the notes of the podcast. But could you talk about in the current climate, you know, that same topic, just not finan- you know, not just financially, but generally? Yeah, absolutely. You wrote that one. Yeah, I wrote that blog. Yep. So, uh, yes, you know, for Brandon and I, I think whenever there's seasons of uncertainty and like everything in life operates on cycles and that's where people get confused because they think like this is happening to me it's like no every everything operates on cycles it doesn't matter whether it's the economy whether it's business whether it's your life you're gonna go through ebbs and flows right and so it's about how you respond to things and so brandon and i just had this mentality and thought process that when whenever something happens that honestly is really out of our control, we gotta focus in on what we can control and make sure that the things that we can control are growing. And so, you know, we just live a very like simple-minded life in the sense that like there's certain things that we contribute into. It's our faith, our family, our business. And if it doesn't operated in those zones it doesn't it doesn't belong and so i think for brandon and i like whenever something um comes in our way or whenever we feel like um you know opposition that's where we can like lean into contributing to these different buckets of our life and really focus in on growing them and and you know every smart business has to adjust has to adapt has to change and Um, We understand that and a lot of people are so against change or they're so apprehensive when something happens and it's for us, we like embrace it because you look at how many, how many companies came out of 2008, 2009 recession. It's crazy. And it's, and we use these companies every single day in our life but then yet it's like when we experience it suddenly our backs against the wall you know and it's and we just never had that mentality it was like 
you know, there's, there's always uh, a, a benefit. There's always an opportunity in opposition. And so we yeah. just needed to figure out what that looked like for us and um, put a strategy in place to continue to grow, you know, grow through that. And, yeah. you know, I think what you said was beautiful in the beginning, because you talked about just in this pandemic, how you could spend more time with family. I mean, that's right. been huge for us, just being able to sow seeds into our family, sow seeds yeah. into our health, where a lot of people get so unfocused and they put time into things that just really don't matter. Brandon and I have always been so intentional about where are we like dropping our time into. And yeah. if we are blessed with extra time, we better make sure that it's going to give us a return. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's been huge for us. And we've been able to like retool and re-innovate a lot of things in our life. And it, and once life kind of picks up again and it gets busy, we've already have these systems in place to help yeah. us be um, very intentional about what we're doing. And I think, you know, whenever, um, whenever hard times come, it gives, it, it's a great opportunity for reflection and it's a great opportunity yes. to just retool um, everything that you're doing. And I think because when life is busy and chaotic, it's easy to just get stuck in this rhythm and not really take like a, like a outwardly approach to it and look at, okay, what am I doing in my life that isn't working or isn't serving me well? And how can I actually put, you know, different strategies and systems in place so that I can be more productive in those particular areas. And I think that that's 100% what Brandon and I have done over the past several months is just like taking a back seat into our own life per se and look yeah. at like, okay, what can we retool? Where can we develop better systems and strategies and just get better at what we're doing? And so that when things pick up and we're traveling more and, you know, speaking more and doing all of those things that we have these things already in place. So it becomes very habitual to how we already operate. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Yeah. Anything to add, Mr. Wood? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is to, to Amanda's point is just understanding that there's always, there's always some sort of advantage from any situation that you can pull out. I find. Yep. So true. So you just have to see where that is. I mean, one of the things that we're really grateful for is that if we're going to be going through this, at least we're going through it in an era where we have the technology oh, to yeah. do all the things that we could do. We can do. Yeah. Totally. Even if it was 10 years ago, it would suck. We wouldn't be able to do this yeah. like we are right now. Mm. You know, Skype was not equipped to do this sort of stuff, you know? So no. uh, for us, you know, we're, we're really grateful with that. We have the abilities that we have. So now it's just time to be creative and figure out, all right, how do we leverage this for growth? Yeah, because, some there's going to be businesses and, and ours included that's going to grow through what's happening right now. And uh, we just have to figure out how to best go about making it happen. So, yeah, things change either lean in and you're ahead of the curve or you just continue to do things the same way and you're behind, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, anyone that says that things never change that you just need to copy someone else, copy principles, Yeah. but you should not be just copying what someone did forever. Otherwise we would be living without electricity <laughs> or anything else in our life. It's just, I've never, it's just, it's such a strange way to think there need, when there's a system, you need to be coached. You need to learn. Mm -hmm. But to, to not be looking to grow and improve and change is crazy. But yep. I think Sean's got some good notes. 
I saw him writing some stuff down. He's got something good over there. I was just going to ask you guys because you know this is the first time that we've ever had a couple on the podcast together. Mm. You know, we've we've interviewed one half yeah. of the couple, but I think it might be cool to hear both of your guys take on at one time uh, on <laughs> working together because you guys are yeah, you know, you're married. You're operating a successful business. You're parenting, but then you're also still friends, and you still do the rest of your life together. Um, what are some tangible things for you guys, if you can give it to the the extraordinary excellence listeners, of tips of working together as a couple? And you know, because it's not always pretty. It's super ugly, especially at the beginning of a relationship. If you don't have yeah. that counseling, what you were saying before, Amanda, I think it was you about the the stigma on counseling. Yeah. And there, mm-hmm. I was that person that would say. I had a, I had a guy that I grew up with say he was going to go see a therapist. I said you're weak. Mm-hmm. When I was 20, 21 years old, I said you're an idiot. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few years ago after meeting Anthony and getting connected to resources, I'm like, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I am that guy. And it's so important because without the people that we've had with Anthony and Callan or Tony and Francis or Bill Hoffman, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be the man that I need to be to operate anything in life mm-hmm. with Kay. Mm-hmm. So for you guys, if you guys have some tangible stuff that you could possibly give out there that people could take away for from this episode for a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sean's got the goods over there. Yeah. I got I got one good. Yeah. You know, I think what's um what brand I know what's been really advantageous for Brandon and I is to first start from the standpoint of it is not our responsibility to change each other. In fact, when we married each Mm, other, we married each other. It was not our responsibility to change each other. The only person that I could ever work on is myself and becoming the best version of myself. And then hopefully my growth would promote him to actually want to work on his self because, you know, as the leader of our household, um, you know, that, that was my responsibility to just become the best version of myself and, and, and to really like hone in and focus in on what do, what do I need to be to be the best, you know, spouse, business partner, and now mom and allow him to go through his own journey of growth. So that's one piece. And I think the other piece is you, you nailed it on the head, Sean, is just like seeking guidance in the area like so many people think that they can just like muscle through it on their own there is so much accessibility in this world that at some point in your life you're going to get sidetracked in your relationship and it could be from numerous things right um but because eventually a relationship becomes comfortable and anything that's comfortable um you sort of lose intention Yeah, you get complacent. Right. And so I think for us, it was just um, like being willing to seek outside guidance and then actually like following through on strategies that were recommended. Like so many people go through the the act of like seeking guidance, but then they don't actually follow through on the strategies. Mm -hmm. They don't actually have the tough conversations. They don't actually like get real with themselves on what they need to work through. And we've just been like really good at learning how to um, help keep each other on track without overcorrecting or counseling. Like I never wanted to be his counselor. I wanted to be his wife. Right. And so I've, I know that um, it's not my responsibility to counsel him, but as, as a wife, it is important for me to be able to 
help to keep our goals, our vision on track, right? Mm -hmm. So if I see a repetitive behavior that isn't serving our um, vision well, then we have an open enough relationship that we can talk about those things and not be like offended and then give each other like, Mm -hmm. you know, the cold shoulder because you said something that offended me, you know, like that, that's part of like having a healthy relationship. And Brandon mentioned, he started off, like we started a relationship first, like competing in athletics together. And then he actually coached me. And yeah, that's yeah, why that I didn't know that part of the, yeah. the dynamic. I didn't know you were the coach. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm like super type a, like no. very choleric, like very much so. And so um, him coaching me was a challenge because we had, I had to learn how to be a little bit more submissive. And that yeah. was really challenging for me because I'm coming out of this stage of being really rebellious to having mm-hmm. to be submissive to somebody that I'm in a relationship with. Yeah, I got cussed yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, I cussed at him constantly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at, at uh, but you know, it was such like an it was such an important point in our life because mm-hmm. it allowed me to understand like in a partnership, it's a partnership, and that's where people yep. totally get it wrong. Is like they think it's so one sided, and it's, it's true a partnership, and so. I don't know. I just think that those are, those are just so foundational. And I think at the, at the um, forefront of it all is having a really strong faith foundation Yeah. because I don't believe that a, a good marriage can like truly exist without a super solid faith foundation in something that both of you are like very intentionally working on. Yeah. There's a few things that you mentioned that were almost like, most people don't even have to start with, which is a common vision mm-hmm. yeah. and a common foundation, yeah. you know? So as a what you said, as a wife, if things are, you know, off the vision for the family that we need to talk, but most people don't even have that to start with. Yeah. So that's a, that's such an important, even like a zero, like before the beginning, like a prequel mm-hmm. to everything else that you said for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Amanda said that it isn't her job to change me and vice versa. The other thing, and, and this is one that I think a lot of people struggle with is it's not my job to make her happy and vice versa mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Now I shouldn't do things that, you know, automatically piss her off, you know, like just leave things dirty and all that either. Um, <laughs> but at the same point in time, um, she's in control of her emotions, not me. Mm. So yeah. uh, yes, I need to do the, the things that I should be doing as a husband to um, provide and to love her and all those things. But at the same point in time, um, she has to continue to work through her own things. And, um, you know, in, in our belief is, is have her vertical alignment correct so that she is uh, feeling fulfilled and happy and everything that she's doing as well. And the relationship should be an important component of that, but it's not everything. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's a really big piece. And it's, it's interesting to us how many times people think that, oh, it must be hard to run a business together and work together. Or they ask, why would you ever want to yeah, do Yeah, like, don't you get sick of yeah. each other? And it's, it's like, well, I married her because I want to be around her. Like, I, I don't really relate to that thought process. I feel like you have some big gaps that you probably need to broach in your relationship to, uh, to overcome whatever's causing that feeling inside of you. And um, I'll just, you know, I'll say this based on what you said, Sean, 
if um, if we didn't have um, people like uh, Bill that had you know had had influence in our life, uh, we wouldn't have a daughter today. Um, yeah, we for the longest time, and, and you can probably gather just by things we talked about, we are are very like focused on on where we're going and the things that we want to accomplish. Mission focused. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so much so that we were avoiding things that could kind of we what we perceive to detract from that. And it was really because of those types of relationships in our life, um, a, a critical conversation that we had with Tony one day as well, um, where it really helped us gain a lot we of clarity. Went to a, a marriage. Yeah, I went to a uh, you know a marriage a, course at our mm-hmm. at our church that we go to here. Mm-hmm. And it was really those things kind of kind of combined that um, mm-hmm. really caused us to talk about some things that we had been avoiding, but we. I, you know, today we're like, oh my God, I, I can't believe that we would potentially not have this beautiful little human in our life yeah, because for sure. we were just avoiding talking about it, you know? So I, I believe um, having that outside perspective is critical. And um, just like you seek, we talk about seeking professionals or people that can help you in finances or other things, you got to seek people that can help you in your relationships too. Yeah. Yeah. People say doing life by like, this is if it was like in business or even doing something that in, involves a lot of work. You're like, oh, you're so lucky to have your spouse or you're so lucky to have somebody else with you. And sometimes it's just as hard, if not harder, together. But and once you get that, once you start to get on the foundation of what we just, what you guys just talked about for the last few minutes, things do get easier mm-hmm. just because you learn how to work the problem yeah. together. But it doesn't take away from what you need to accomplish. So. Thank you. I wanted something for the, the tandem couple that was smart. on the cast. That was really good. On the cast. That was, yeah, that was, really that was a good, good question. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that was the best Funny one hands. so far. Funny hands. <laughs> yeah, I think that people don't want to work together in a relationship is because it highlights our weaknesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it also highlights how much of a foundation there is because it's just hard. Mm-hmm. You got to get you know? vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so much easier living in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, and that's awesome. One of the things that Amanda really hit on, I think, that really hurts people is there's there there is so much accessibility today. You know, our grandparents didn't have to deal with their exes on Facebook and still being able to see them and all these different things. And I can speak from a a man's side that um, a lot of the men that that we talk to, um, I I I find that they struggle because they're they're able to kind of seek. Uh, you know, attention in other ways outside of what would be a, a really tight knit relationship at home. And yep. that could be from social media, that could be from pornography, it could be from a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But I think that those Baby things, naps. yeah, those things really, really kind of detract from the core of what uh, people are trying to accomplish in their relationships. And you have to be uh, aware of those things. And sometimes it doesn't have to be as extreme as something like pornography, but it, it could be just scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and seeing a lot of photos it can be likes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. So yeah. Attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Boom. no doubt. Whenever you try to fulfill your needs in unhealthy ways, it, it, it masks typically what you're supposed to be doing to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and you could, you could do it with food. Anything that you try to make is this temporary pleasure and try to cut away the long-term damage. It just, it always catches us. Mm-hmm. No way. No, every single time. Sean, you said you had good 
So it seemed like you had one more thing over there. No, did that you? was it. Was a that good was the good question? That was the good. You yeah, didn't have good. You have questions. I said I have one. I have one good. good. I have one question. Good. I have one bag of rice. <laughs> one bag of rice. Yes. Uh, let's talk about biggest failures. Some of your biggest failures hmm. that you've learned from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to start? Okay. Go ahead. Um, it's funny because I, I was telling Amanda when when we were talking about failures. Um, I was telling Amanda that this is probably one that I struggle with, not because I don't feel like I've, I've failed. I think I fail. I failed a lot, but I think that um, in my life I've learned to develop uh, a willingness to fail. Um, so because of it, I've been willing to to kind of work through things, and I realize that I learned through those things quite a bit. And I think a lot of people just kind of avoid it because it's uncomfortable and it doesn't feel good. Um, I think that that probably the the biggest thing that um, impacted me in in my life in, in regards to kind of our relationship and all that was when we split up, and um, I think that that was something that really kind of rocked me because I had already been at a point in my life where I I decided that I wasn't going to just do like mindless dating or anything like that. You know, I was like, if I'm not working towards like ultimately finding my partner, like why am I going through this? And I felt like even though me and Amanda, you know, would have kind of small rifts or whatever, like any relationship would that, that she was the one that I was supposed to be going through this journey with. And, um, I remember that, that I had really messed up in allowing that to, and obviously relationships are both sides, but I, I felt like I played a major role in the reason as to why we were split up. And it was because I was, pursuing something um, in cycling at the time that was, I was seeing as pretty selfish. It was something where it was just like, I was getting attention for it. I was doing good at it, but um, it wasn't an ultimate calling for me. Yeah. And it was something that was just more of a distraction. And I think that it was, it was really the kind of that moment. And then I remember going back down to school uh, where she was at. And, you know, I had to like get some stuff that I had left with her. And then all of a sudden it just forced us to have a conversation. And I remember, um, you know, really, uh, on my way down there to go pick up that stuff and, and which, you know, I ended up us having that conversation that, um, really just kind of evaluating, like, what am I trying to do here? Like, like, this is the person that you are supposed to be with, like you idiot, like stop messing around and yeah. figure out the path you need to take. You know what I mean? So I think that that was probably the biggest thing. There's been a lot of other failures along the way. A lot of things that, you know, we messed up, but that was the thing that I think would have been probably the most life altering if, uh, I wouldn't have corrected it, you know? So totally. Yeah, it was, it's actually interesting that he talks about that because um, I remember very early on in our relationship, um, we used to take a lot of road trips because obviously we couldn't afford when he was cycling to fly places. So we would literally like drive everywhere. All so, over the country. Yeah, we drove all over the country, just road tripping it in our crappy cars right map quest directions but it was like a really great yeah (laughs) but it was like a really great time for us because it allowed us to have a lot of like really quality conversations that i think a lot of people don't take the time to actually have but i remember i when i met brendan i had so much emotional immaturity well i was just immature period but there was a lot of emotional immaturity And I remember on a drive asking him, I was like, is there anything that you regret in your life? Because I have a lot of regrets. And Brandon's like, 
no, I have none. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, what the heck is wrong with him? He's like, I don't have any regrets. He's like, everything that I've, you know, failed at has been a lesson for me. And I was like, wow, I have a lot of room for growth because <laughs> I have a lot of things like I regret doing, you know? It's my credo. Yeah. No regrets. But um, not even a single letter. <laughs> yeah, not not oh. a single one. Um, okay. <laughs> but I think uh, I think the biggest the biggest um, kind of shifting points in in my life was you know I I did this whole like academic track and you know I did everything people told me I was supposed to do I got amazing grades I ex like anything I touch like I'm the type of person. That if, if somebody was like, oh, you should come play badminton and I suck at it, like the first time I'm like, I'm done, like never touching badminton. That's why I don't golf because I suck at it. <laughs> and so uh, because it, it's like if I, I'm sort of this person where if I'm supposed to be good at it, then naturally I should be semi-decent the first time I try it. And that's how I've been like my entire life. But I went through school and I did all these things right. I was like really involved and all this stuff. And then I, I get to a point where I graduate into a recession. I'm like, oh shit, like I don't, you know, I don't know what this is gonna look like. And, you know, I didn't have to a fallback on my parents. That wasn't an option for me. So I, it was like sink or swim time for, for us. And so I think that that was probably one of the best times to graduate college because it really like lit a fire under my butt that I needed to like do something. And so many times throughout my life, I would always, I always told people like, yeah, I'm not going to do what everyone else does. Like I'm going to do something totally non-conventional. Like, you know, I, I, I like to go against the masses. And I always used to say that growing up because I could never resonate with just like sitting at a desk and learning. And like, I could never just resonate with that but I never really followed through on anything like mm -hmm. I had ideas but I, I didn't have any follow through on stuff and so I think that that piece was so incremental for me just um, to help me really start to understand like I need to make some changes and if I'm going to make moves and do something different and start to pursue the path of entrepreneurship like I gotta do it and I think uh, even though we had met our mentors prior to that point, it was like the point where I stopped like playing, playing with what I had my hands on and actually started doing something. So I think that was a big turning point. I mean, there's been so many turning points in our life, but I think that was huge for me because even now I think a lot of young people are, you know, maybe in a point in their life where they're kind of transitional and obviously we're in an economic state that's very unique and i think for a lot of people it's a time to make a decision like to yeah. stop toying with whatever you know like toying with things in your life and that like directionally like hard stop pivot make a decision make some moves because um i know that i really had to like have that like hard pivot in order to really make a decision that what I was doing wasn't working or wasn't directly what I wanted to do in my life. Hmm. 
That's good. Yeah. Can we just go back to you guys saying map quest? Because I don't <laughs> oh, think seventy five percent of the people that are listening probably don't know what map quest is or ever had to use it. Oh yeah, you're, you're dating We're us old. now. Yeah, yeah. There was this thing back in the day where you would actually go to a website and type in your starting point and your end point, and then you'd print out directions. Printed them because all out. Because once you left your home, there was no way to know. <laughs> there was no way. No. No. no way. And that was advanced, by the way. That was like yeah. I didn't have to look at a map. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I was thinking as you were saying that how it was advanced, but it was less helpful than a map. Because yeah. God forbid you miss one direction. Now you You're have no map app. and you don't know where you are. Yep. That is true. That is true. Yeah, we ended up that, in some, some crazy we oh, ended up yeah. in some crazy spots. And you know, cell phones were I mean, we live in Wisconsin, so there's a lot of rural areas like outside of the cities. Mm-hmm. So there'd be times where we had like no service. Nothing. Like botched directions and yeah. We're like asking random small town yeah. gas station clerks, like, where do we go? Where am I? Yeah. 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 Am I? You ever listen to Dane Cook's, uh, uh, like, uh, do you listen ever listen to Dane Cook or no? I mean, I know who he is and I've, I've heard some of his stuff. He I don't, talks I don't of, listen to him regularly. So. Well, I mean, he's, I don't know what he's doing now, but Brandon, he. he Brandon, it doesn't fall into the buckets, Sean. No. It doesn't fall into the bucket. You're not listening to Dane Cook. No, but hey, this is, might have been before. I'm this kid, might have been MapQuest time. Um, but he talks about landmarks and how like people would say, yeah, you got to go past the red house with the blue uh, one shingle. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not helpful. <laughs> that's, how Nef- that's how Netflix, that's how MapQuest was mm-hmm. for us back in the day if you missed one of those turns. Unfortunately, that's how I wild. give directions because I never remember street names. It's always yeah. landmarks. So. Oh, man. All right, like. So you're, yeah, so you were that guy. Uh, I was that guy. guy yeah. yeah, it's annoying because we give directions very differently. And I'm like, I have no idea what you just told me. To I do. grew up in Madison, and she knows more street names than I do. It's it's ridiculous. So, yeah. Hop the railroad tracks. Third door on your right is going to be blue. The one across the street will be red. Once you hit that point, you're about three quarters of a mile before you have to make your next right turn with a left and an S turn. The worst is when people give you like, uh, you know, it's the northeast corner, and yeah, I'm always no. like. <laughs> like what, what does that even mean where's the sun <laughs> any any version of directions i can't follow that part of my brain's missing you give me you give me um north south east west you give me road names you give me landmarks two steps in i've lost you i'm just listening because you won't stop talking <laughs> you're like did you get that oh definitely as soon as i got nothing that's, nothing goes in that's totally that's Darian. i am uh, i mean i got a tremendous amount of add which doesn't help but yeah yeah that's awesome. Oh, you put him on? I, no, I, he on? put it on. I said, oh. that's Darian. Oh, Darian, here he is. Darian hey, tells me, on. he goes, if there's a fork in the road, there's like a like a 90% chance I'm going to take the wrong wrong fork. And, and I only have a 50 for, It's a 50-50. 90% of the time, I'm going to take the wrong turn. We're driving to this place. He says, all right, we got to go right. I go right. Matt, we were supposed to go left. <laughs> like 25 minutes after that. I'm just surprised when people know what direction they're facing. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going north. I'm like, how do you know that? Are you a homing pigeon? Like, how, how do you have an innate sense of that? I don't. Gr- growing up. I just don't have it. My brother, Corey, who's like 10 years younger, he has an excellent sense of direction. Yes, he does. And he's 10 years younger. But it would be like, he'd be like five. No, he'd be, because I'd be driving. So he'd be eight. I'd be 18. I'd be driving. Callum would remember this. And he'd be like, you have to go this way. He's like eight. And I'm like, no, you don't. And he would always be right. He's like, why does no one listen to me? Like, he would always know because I was so bad and he was so much better at it. That's funny. <laughs> We're off the map quest in the directional that was good. We're good. No, no, that was good. I'm saying that's it now because I'll uh, keep going. Yeah, yeah, around, yeah. But I, We're bringing I t- it back. I took a page out of Sean's book. Brandon, 
ask Amanda a question and Amanda ask Brandon a question. That's a page of my book? Yeah, because you said work together the marriage. So now, Brandon, oh. I want you to ask Amanda a question. What question should we ask Amanda? And then Amanda ask Brandon. Ooh, man. Oh, no man. Just hijacked your relationship for the, the good of the podcast. You want, you want it to be a relationship-based question? or No, no. Anything, anything in the world. You have one question. Anything. What's the most important question you think that would add value? Because no one would know better than you. Mm, okay. Um, so one thing that you are incredible at, and I'm, for those listening, I'm asking Amanda this question. One thing that Amanda is, is incredible at is um, self-discipline, consistency, um, scheduling. She's the one that runs our, cal- our calendar in our household. And irregardless of how she feels, she, she, does, she gets up at the same time, does the same thing every single morning. And, and a big testament to the success we've been able to create is her ability to stay just completely steady and consistent, irregardless of the day of the week or if it's a holiday, if it's this, if it's that, if she was up late, whatever. Um, maybe if you, sweetheart, could just maybe talk about, um, I guess, your thought process behind that. How did you develop that? Or if it's mm-hmm. something that you feel is like God given, then how can other people mm-hmm. um, maybe start to build those types of habits? Because I think a lot of people, I, one thing we've observed is most people struggle mm-hmm. with, with consistency. They like to do things that are exciting at first, and then all of a sudden it gets mundane and boring, and then they don't want to do it anymore. But they don't understand that it's those mundane things that create the big results. So, Yeah. I think um, I've been blessed with a temperament that is very advantageous to What us. is your temperament? What is your temperament? Um, so in which category? Yeah. So <laughs> in all. Yeah. Okay. okay. So in um, inclusion, I'm uh, sang- sanguine compulsive. That makes sense. Yep. In um, control, I'm choleric. Choleric. Obviously. And then yep. um, in affection, I am a phlegmatic supine. Mm. Ah, which is interesting because I'm sanguine compulsive in affection. So it's like opposite. <laughs> My love language inclusion? is definitely physical touch. <laughs> and inclusion and control. Are you melancholy? I'm melancholy and inclusion. You're absolutely right. And then, yeah. or I'm sorry, in control. And then uh, in inclusion, um, I'm phlegmatic, phlegmatic supine, actually. Phlegmatic supine. Mm-hmm. So is Callum. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you for giving us your temperaments and a deeper look into those that know what temperaments are. Yeah. CEI Solutions and Bill Hoffman, if you'd like to. Yeah. 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 Um, But anyway. Yeah. So, you know, my my temperament's advantageous to just, you know, developing routines in your life in general. But um, my dad was very much like a no BS kind of guy. And there was time like i i kid you not in fifth grade i had a bad basketball game he's lecturing me on the on the way home about my my play and my attitude and all these things and i mouthed off to him and he literally had me get out of the car in freaking winter and walk home winter in you were in milwaukee yes so it's like no joke that's no joke winter. Yeah. That's not New York winter. That is a serious like winter. Snow, freezing cold. It was like January, February, and he was like, like "Get I out of my car." I hope you make it home alive. I hope you make it home alive. <laughs> yeah. He was just like a no BS guy, and like it's funny because I was never the best student, never the best athlete, but I worked incredibly hard. Like I'm not the best entrepreneur. I've worked incredibly hard at everything. And I've just really learned how to like leverage my strengths and I don't get like caught up on things I suck at. Like I'm not, he's totally like, 
you know, logical, methodical spreadsheets, this and that, like, I don't resonate with that. That like totally makes no sense to me. If you asked me to paint a picture, I could probably do that. But like spreadsheets, like you've lost me at Excel. You know, like I'm, to so I just have learned to like leverage what I am good at. And I'm really good at, at just scheduling. I'm really good at staying organized. I'm really good at just like disciplining myself. So I know I'm good at those things. And so I, that's the way that I operate. And then I've just, now I've created such a habit in my life of like having really good morning and evening routines so that Bookends. I can set myself up for success. Because if I, if like, I, I realize this, if I have a bad morning, the whole household is gonna suffer. That's true. Like the whole household <laughs> is gonna suffer if I have a bad morning. So I know that um, I like it's it's on me in terms of like getting getting things going in the morning. So I don't and know. You pre -plan it the night before. Yeah, I pre-plan everything the night before because I don't want to wake up in the morning and feel like ill prepared for the day. So I don't know. That I think that's that's probably a lot of it's innate, but I've just totally learned how to operate in my strength zone. Um, and I've learned how to have some grace with myself because I am a perfectionist and I've yeah. let perfectionism like totally screw my life up um, because I've gotten in comparison games and I've uh, developed like anxiety from, you know, from just being a hyper perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just really learned how to control that piece of things and just give myself grace and just like, drum to my own beat and everything i even with parenting like everyone wants to give you advice and they always have things to say like i run my own race with parenting and i'll seek help with, with people i trust but like i run my own race and that and like every kid is different you know i i'm a different person so i just think that just operating in your strength zone is is so important so yeah What's your question for Brandon? Question. Yeah. So Ooh. one of the things Anthony I doesn't forget. Anything. Okay. So one of the things I respect <laughs> about Brandon the most, but is ultra annoying to me is he's super emotionally stable, like annoyingly <laughs> emotionally stable. I try to razz him and it doesn't work. Like I try to piss him off sometimes and it literally doesn't work. You said Raz. I thought you were blowing on his belly. No, or his not. neck. That's what we call it. That's raspberry. Yeah. No, I try. I try to work him up. It doesn't work. And so, how have you just maintained such a high level of emotional stability, even when there's been like crazy stuff going on in our life? And how can Amanda crack it for her own desires? <laughs> there, there's, there's a few things that, that will get me uh, razzed up, but usually it, it, it takes a little bit. But um, And especially if you're tired and hungry, that usually kind of pushes it a little bit more for sure. But um, emotional stability is so critical, I find, and most people really stink at it. And I, I feel like it's something that I'm always trying to improve upon. But it originates, I think, from just gaining perspective. Um, it's funny, my, my dad was visiting us, I uh, spent about 10 days with us um, earlier in the month. And um, he was driving and somebody cut him off. And he's like, Oh, I wanted to catch this guy, pull him out of the car. And he's like getting, you know, all worked up about it. <laughs> and uh, 
I, I just don't is he from New York? Yeah, right. Yeah, he he should be, but um, yeah. no, he's not. Um, but uh, the the thing that I, I remember thinking when when he's telling me the story about all this is is that, and I I told him this. I said, you have no idea what that person was going through. Maybe they're rushing to the hospital. Like you know, I, like doesn't it doesn't justify what they did? What they did was wrong. But also you got to gain perspective because I'm sure that there's yeah. things that you've done in your life that in your mind were justified and other people had no idea what your what your reasoning was for doing what you're doing. And I think a, a lot of what um, uh, I've been able to, I just, I guess, gain perspective on is, is that I have certain standards and things that um, I want to uphold for myself and for our household and different things like that. But I also can impose my standards on other people. Um, I can lay expectations uh, of, you know, if I'm going to be investing my time with people on what I expect from them uh, and different things like that. But at the same point in time, I realize that everybody has to run their own race and I don't know where they're all coming from. And I need to be able to have grace and understand that, um, you know, particularly when dealing with other people that, um, they're going to have a lot of different baggage and things that they're dealing with in their own life as well. So I think a lot of the emotional stability just comes from that, that perspective of just understanding um, that component when dealing with other people. And then with just life in general, um, I've always just had a confidence that we will figure things out and we will make things happen. And in one way, like some way, shape or form, like we are going to win no matter what. And I, I have never, related to people that um, are continually self-defeating. Um, I, I understand why some of those things happen, but I, I don't understand why people would want to sit in it and not work through it. Um, because I believe that everybody is so much more powerful than they think they are. And they can accomplish so much more than, they're, than they, they probably think they can. And they're limiting themselves in so many ways. And mm -hmm. I'm talking to myself even in this. So I'm, I'm constantly trying to come from a perspective of I'm going to win and I'm going to figure it out and whatever challenges arise, like we'll just be dynamic and we'll work through it. And uh, it's proven to be successful up until this point in our life. We've been very blessed with, you know, the relationships and the things that, that have come in our life from just kind of approaching life, I think, with that type of mentality. So, I love it. Yeah. Shawnee? Oh, I got nothing right this second. Right. I mean, I'm ready I mean, to take it home. I think we're oh, he's taking it home. Take, take it, me take home tonight. <laughs> I don't want to let no. Uh, no, I just I, I, I don't want to. No, 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 no. That's all I got. I approach every song. So the nanas, nanas. It's interesting when songs get sung in our household. Yeah, I make up yeah. lyrics constantly. I was gonna say I don't nah nah. I just confidently say the wrong things, and I'm always surprised at how wrong I am because I feel like it's so right. I know that's how I am. I'm yeah. like that was totally what the words were. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. weird. I have a weird yes, memory. Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah, I have a weird memory where like I see things and hear things, and I can almost say them verbatim. So Amanda gets really irritated when, when that happens. Cool. So that's cool. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from. It's just part of R recite the speech that was done at your graduation. Yeah, I don't know that one. That, it has to be interesting to me. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. since you're saying that, <laughs> since you're saying interesting to you and whatnot, I guess before we wrap it up here, just really quick, because you put on your tips and. Uh, tips and tricks and hopes and something on there though the brainstorm list you put um being intentional with what you're putting into your mind so yeah. it's a very it's you guys are very we know this that you're very intentional with your personal development and you have a plan what does that look like for somebody that's listening now what are some of the things that they could use if they don't have a personal development plan to start to begin down that path 
of putting the right content in their dome um, and, you know, any other tips that you have for that? Yeah. Uh, one thing I think me and Anthony have actually talked about this in the past too, is that, um, one thing that I think a lot of people make a mistake on is that they have a lot of neutrals in their life. Um, you know, it's not that I, I think people know that they should avoid certain negatives. And a lot of times people are actually pretty good at avoiding those negatives but they fill their time with so many neutrals and they're not intentional at all with what's getting programmed into their head that it's really screwing with the path that they're looking to go on. And what me and Amanda have, have I think, done a decent job at is making sure that we're, we're filling our mind intentionally with positives every single day. That's positive books, positive audios, uh, like Extraordinary Actions podcast. Uh, and um, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very uh, much. A quick plug and um, positive association. And those are three things that, that we are very intentional with literally every single day. And after that, if we want to put in some neutrals and, you know, watch Hamilton on Disney plus or whatever it is, like, we'll, we'll do that, you know, but the, the interesting thing is, is that what we found is, is that when we're engaging in more of those neutral activities, it's, it's actually more enjoyable for us because we've kicked butt in another area of our life already. Yeah, so true. And I, I think so many people are, are just um, distracted by those neutrals and uh, they get to the end of the day and it's just like, I'm exhausted. And they, they all of a sudden lost what could have been a really intentional growth time for them. So, yeah. Yeah, um, because I remember you guys, you know, you have your, you guys have a set of habits that you call them your core habits that yep. you do, and you do them before. I think it's new. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. about now with baby, no, baby girl, yeah. 10 months, no. if it's the same. I figured it was with you guys, but you get, around. you get that done before noon so that you can enjoy those neutrals yeah. or enjoy whatever it is. I mean, mm-hmm. and I mean, even though you guys happen to be financially independent being stay at home parents, you still did that before you even had a daughter, before you guys were even in that position. So, yeah. um, Amanda, do you have anything to add on that? Cause I kind of jumped in after Brandon was done. No. Yeah. I just think, I think the biggest thing for us is what you just said is just making sure that you have a core construct of habits that you have. And that, uh, we talk a lot about, um, keystone habits too, is like attaching, mm-hmm. Um, other habits to habits, right? And yeah, not Keystone Light, guys. Get your head out of the gutter. Yeah. That's cheap beer. It We're talking about beer. Keystone habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that piece is so is so critical. It's just you know attaching uh, habits to habits. And um, a long time ago, like I have a I have a hard time focusing in, and so I needed to figure out something that was going to work for me um, when it came down to reading. And so I started, I got an elliptical and I literally started reading on the elliptical and like Mm. the rhythm of the elliptical actually helped with my retention of reading. Interestingly enough. And so now it's just become a habit where it's just like, it's like a rhythmic thing in terms of reading for me. And yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just like when we do things that are sort of like mindless activities, in our house, um, whether it's getting ready or whether it's like doing things around the house, we always have audios and things playing in the background and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we play things like that around our daughter, because even though she's 10 months old, 
um, subconsciously, those things make yeah. a, a big impact, you know? So I think that that's probably one of the biggest things is just, you know, uh, for, for me as a, as a mom and as a, a business owner, there isn't a lot of dead space. So when I do have dead space or I do have time that I can maybe spend on like more entertainment based things, I want to like make it worth my time. Yeah. You know, cause it's just, it's so, it's so limited when you're focused in on health and your family and your business. It's like, well then how do you actually have time for all these other things? It's true. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Keystone Light is a beer. I found out. It's a very it cheap beer. I got it now. That if you were to no, buy I, a 30 rack, in the middle of it, it had Keystone Light, but with a cool quote. And people used to put those up all over their rooms. Oh, I had no idea. I had a lot of friends that did that, and they might have drank a lot of Keystone back in the day. I got context at the end, but I, I thought you were going to talk about like a pipeline. I'm like, what are you talking about the Keystone pipeline for? <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit lost there. Uh, uh, fun fact, the only people I know that use the word irregardless, which by definition is the same as regardless, is you guys and the Waylands. So anytime anyone, <laughs> just so you guys know, in the Luke or the Spark household, anytime anyone says yep. regardless, we know irregardless, yeah. and we always cite you guys. Yep. That's awesome. I, maybe it's a northern thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Well, they also say conversate, and I'm like, making up words. I look oh, it up. Anthony. I hate that word. No, no, no. Anthony was... Beyond committed and furious, that conversate was not a word for a season of time. Well, I looked it up, and then he looked it up. He's like, "Because I, I never converse. You converse. You don't conversate." But then everyone's, I'm like, "What the hell?" That's so funny. <laughs> it's yeah. It's interesting this year, just kind of the way that people uh, pronounce things or words that are prominent in different parts of the country. You know, it, it is. It's always it's always funny to me. I remember you, we had a whole conversation around knowledge bricks back in the day. You said you quoted me on that for like two years, and you just came <laughs> totally and embraced it. So there's a lot of woodisms. In yes, yeah. no yes. doubt about it. I don't it. think that that we really create them. I think that it's just kind of a convolution of everything that we've we've you know taken in over the years, and it's probably regurgitated from somebody else at some point. It just kind of gets messed up in there and comes out so. as far as i'm concerned you said it first yep it doesn't matter thanks there would there brandon amanda said it first yeah woodisms awesome. <laughs> well thanks so much for being here i had such a great time yeah you guys are awesome you guys huge are awesome. fans yeah, we appreciate you guys appreciate you you guys are such amazing people amazing friends it's amazing to be in business together with you and have an association with you and it's just such a blessing and we're so excited to be able to do so much charity work and get together with our kids and just gonna be so great so I'll, we love you guys i'll be excited when we have kids to get around <laughs> with all our kids too <laughs> leaving me out here oh, that's all awesome. right oh. well i think that's it that ends that's it. extraordinary excellence podcast which hold on episode number episode number add it with uh add it later add it later success is doing ordinary things extraordinarily well Success is not pursued. It is to be attracted by the person you become. Success is not so much what you have as it is what we are. That's the new thing. That's I still like ours better. Okay. That's that one's not a long thing. one. That's not a tagline. That's a mission statement. It was just the first sentence. Oh. <laughs> Our research be not going to. But Brandon he Amanda, expounded. thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We love you guys so much. We can't wait to see you again thank you not. Thank you for not wearing any underwear, Brandon. Yeah, thanks, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that's a long time to have to get all the way to the end to hear that part you know for sure 
So I feel that'd be perfect right there. You know what I mean? Like that's like the gem that you yeah. get at the very, very, very end. <laughs> that's what they're listening to right now. Oh, we're still going. Yes, we are. Oh. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Bye.